Welcome to the Unbranded Podcast with Miss Dean Loves You, where we have interesting conversations with interesting people and learn about unconventional ways to live our best lives. I'm your host, Susie Dean. I'm a former teacher, mother in her MILF era, and wife. I have the incredible experience now of exploring topics and ways of living that I've always been curious about. The conversations on this pod are always relaxed, authentic, and might just teach you a thing or two. I promise that every episode will leave you with a deeper sense of self and understanding for those who are different from you. So get comfy cozy, grab a drink of your choice, and let's have some fun together. Hi, everyone. I just want to say I have been loving doing this podcast. Thank you guys for continuing to listen along the way. I'm glad it's been doing so well and resonating with so many of you and that it has been transforming in its own way. Instead of just constantly talking about my musings, which was what I thought it was going to be, I have been able to learn so much by bringing on guests every week. And you're learning so much as well, too, I'm sure. I'm talking to people that I never would have spoken to before. I'm making new friends and I'm really getting out of my comfort zone. For most of these people, my first time speaking with them is asking them to be on my podcast. And then when we sit down to record the podcast. So I've had to really refine my ability to create a cozy and friendly and genuine relationship quickly. But it's been fun. And these relationships have been sustained and are just beautiful. And I'm so blessed to have them in my life. With that said, um, today I have Trish O'Leary. She's the founder and artist between Hold Your Heart Keepsakes. This is a business and line of breast milk cremation and general memorial piece jewelry. I've wanted to have a piece of breast milk jewelry made for me since I found out that it was even a thing. And I was so happy that I found her specifically because I love working with small businesses and I love working with artists that I can speak to directly. She used to work in corporate America and had two daughters. And once she had those daughters, she found that she just did not want to go back to the corporate world and really wanted to stay with her girls and exercise her creative muscles. And you'll hear more about her story, but this is how she began her beautiful business that you're going to learn about today. I think you'll find that your heart will just expand and you'll feel giddy listening to her tell her story just like I did. And I hope that you feel a little bit more comforted and less alone as well, because part of what drove her to breast milk jewelry was her own experience in postpartum and breastfeeding. She speaks about her very aggressive postpartum anxiety that she suffered from for 18 months before she even found out that it was postpartum anxiety. She'll talk about her challenges with breastfeeding and what motivated her to begin working in this field. And as you, as she tells you her process for making this jewelry and all of the extra things that she does to ensure that your piece is sacred and infused with the love and energy that you desire for it to be, try not to cry. I do want to put a trigger warning here, and I will put a trigger warning later in the episode, that there is brief mention and brief conversation of infant death and stillborn babies. If this is a topic that's just too close to you right now or something that's not going to serve you or something that is going to do more harm than good on your emotional and mental health today. I recommend that you either skip this episode or just skip that section. Again, I will give you another trigger warning, and it is very brief, so just you can skip ahead a bit. But without further ado, Trish, welcome to the Unbranded Podcast. I am Trish, and I am a DNA artist, it's called. Oh, so, yeah. So I make breast milk jewelry and cremation jewelry primarily. But really, as long as it's dry, I can put it in a, a ring. So other than cremation and breast milk, what else would there be? So I do a lot of like funeral flowers. If somebody doesn't have their cremains, I'll take okay. funeral flowers and dry them and put them in. Um, anything that's dry. So like a beach that is important to somebody, I can take the sand and put it in something. I do a lot of encapsulated placenta powder. 
Yeah. And um, an umbilical cord stump. Somebody had me do their baby's first nail clippings. And I put it in a necklace. Um, a tooth. And then one that I had never heard before. Um, some babies get that little lip skin in the middle of their lip. And when they're nursing and it dries and cut, like flakes off. Sometimes she had me put that in a necklace. Oh, wow. Uh, yeah, it's different. <laughs> is it is it hard for you to like come up with creative ways to make some of these things beautiful? Like nail well, clipping? I thought it would be, but really talking with people uh, and really creating a concept with them, it really, I haven't had a piece where I'm like, oh my God, I don't know what to do. So you often work with people with what they want, what the piece means to them, and then you just kind of like creatively brainstorm together. Yes. Okay. Sometimes you're like, you're the artist. Here's my inclusions. Do what you think, which I also love to do that too. But how long have you been doing this? So officially in a business for a year. Okay. But I've been You've done a lot of different things in a year. Yeah, I've been practicing for a really long time. Um, a lot of mess ups. I didn't want to offer my services until I felt super confident. And I finally got to that place. And here I am. So before we get into your whole backstory, I was thinking in the car today, like, I, I, did you see someone making this kind of jewelry? And you're like, let me give that a try. <laughs> or is this something that's always kind of you've known about? Have you always been an artist? I assume you have been. Yeah, in different capacities, I've been an artist. Um, I was really into theater and things like that. I've definitely always been an artist at heart, um, but I never really found a medium that meant so much to me. <clears throat> but yeah, when I was nursing, I had seen it on Instagram. Somebody was doing this kind of jewelry and I was like, that is so cool. I had kind of a tough uh, breastfeeding journey. And after the fact, I regretted so much not getting a breast milk piece. Plus, it was so expensive when I was born. But my youngest is going to kindergarten. And I'm like, I cannot go back to a corporate desk job. Like, I need to do something. And I said to my husband, I wish I could just make, like, breast milk jewelry or do something cool like that. And he's like, do it. And I was like, (laughs) I love your husband. Do it. like okay (laughs) so I just started buying stuff and practicing and I fell in love (laughs) and friends but Sean needed their milk to me so I could practice (laughs) that's so kind you have some some great friends (laughs) okay so when tell me about your story okay um because I know that you have a lot to say about your own postpartum journey and breastfeeding journey and I think that knowing that history will not only amplify the meaning behind your jewelry and your business but I think it'll provide a lot of comfort for a lot of my listeners so when I had my first I immediately had horrible horrible anxiety and I didn't realize it was postpartum anxiety because nobody talks about that Everybody all, always, the questionnaire at the doctors was always about depression. And that came with the anxiety after, but I'm like, that's not what I'm feeling. I'm feeling this major, like, intrusive thoughts about the baby, something happening, or I couldn't stop shaking. I couldn't sleep because I was afraid something was going to happen to her. So then that perpetuates it because you already have anxiety and then you're, like, in sleep psychosis because I couldn't... And I would like freak out if I fell asleep because I was so scared to take my eyes off of her. So it wasn't really like this depression. It was almost being like too connected with her, not feeling like sometimes with postpartum depression, you feel kind of like a space in between. But yeah, so that was the beginning of my journey and it really affected my milk. So I think what really started it is my milk didn't come in quickly and she was losing weight. And the lactation consultant probably wasn't the nicest, but she made me feel bad. You know, like she was starving and she was losing weight and all this stuff. So that kind of started it and it was really bad. Um, So I know why people switch to formula because it really, really took a toll on my mental health. And I ended up nursing her until she was three. 
But like I say that with caution because I don't want to shame, you know, like I get I powered through that. And sometimes I look back and I'm like, maybe I should have not been so hard on myself, you know. Um, but yeah, that was with my first and that was really that was a journey power pumping and all that stuff. <laughs> yeah. So how did you bring that supply? I'm sure her losing weight was kind of like a I and it sounds that you really wanted to breastfeed so it sounds like that was an immediate like okay I need to figure something out to get this going before it's too late so what did that journey look like to reestablishing or establishing that breastfeeding relationship so lots of water I would have water everywhere oatmeal like I would eat oatmeal like every meal and that definitely I could tell it helped um and power pumping yeah I would I would nurse her pump nurse her pump pump nurse her it was crazy and then you know the other thing I would have a Guinness uh right after I nursed every time and I swear that helped I swear it did every time someone told me right before I gave birth to get a Guinness to help my milk come in yeah well I really just wanted to have a beer (laughs) and um I've never heard of it hap- of of people doing it like consistently to help bring milk come in. And yes, you buy it. Yep, it was right after I had nursed her, I would have a Guinness. Not every time, but like at night I would have one Guinness. <laughs> how long did it how long did it take until you were able to reestablish that and when you felt like you were in a good place? I'd say a whole month. Okay. But then I feel like I became a little obsessive over it. Because I was so scared for her to not have food. So I actually created an oversupply and I didn't yeah. know it. Yeah. Which made her colicky because she had all this poor milk. <laughs> like, yeah. Kind of rough for six months as a new time. <laughs> yeah. So you really swung both sides. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So did with with being able to fix your supply, did you find that anxiety started going down where did that whole emotional roller coaster yeah. go it did not um go away <laughs> it actually took me 18 months to figure out what was happening to me as you figure out, out what was happening yeah. to you it was crazy just because you had never heard of postpartum anxiety no and i thought i was just crazy like i thought it just made me so anxious and I felt like this like rage feeling I've never felt before and it was awful and during this time we moved to a boarding school that my husband works at now and it took a friend there when she was 18 months old I said something and she looked at me and she goes oh my god I felt the same way and I'm like what like what how really and she's like yeah that's postpartum anxiety and I'm like, what? So I started looking into it and I'm like, oh my God, that is exactly how I feel. And it was it was such like an eye-opening thing. And if I didn't have that one mom friend say that to me, I don't know. I don't know what would have happened because then I was able to get the proper help and all that stuff. So I could like cry over it because it really like. Well, I can cry <laughs> over it too. Yeah, because those first 18 months, I can't imagine how much. How much, and I hope this doesn't come out wrong, but how much you like missed out on in the joy of being a mother in those early days because all of it was overshadowed by so much fear and anxiety. A hundred percent. And it made me, like I know I said I was too connected with her, but it also in a weird way made it hard to bond with her because I was just so scared something was going to happen to her all the time. You were guarding your heart the whole Mm -hmm. time. You weren't allowing yourself to... I I assume I I didn't have postpartum anxiety, but I have regular regular fun anxiety, yeah. and so I I assume that you were probably closing off your heart in in the event that like something did happen, like yep. being very cautious, mm-hmm. and that's going to prevent you from opening up yourself to have that relationship. Right. Yep. That's exactly it. So, at what point during this journey did you have your? You have two daughters. I do. Okay. Um. When so I have they're eight and four now okay so yeah so I when my first daughter was three I had her she was like three and a half when I, had her. <laughs> I know the math doesn't really make sense 
I don't do math. It makes me sweaty. So <laughs> I'm hoping with her, was that a completely different experience? Yes. Because okay. I knew what I was doing. Okay. Like I didn't know anything. I thought I was I thought I was gonna be the best mom. We were just gonna nurse right away. And that is not how it happened the first time. Yeah. So the second time I knew exactly what I was doing. Okay. My milk like literally choked her the first hour after I had her. Like it came in like crazy. That's so exciting. Yeah. I was like, oh my God, like colostrum was coming out of her nose. <laughs> oh my <laughs> god, are you kidding me? out of her nose get the squeegee thing or whatever it's called <laughs> oh that's so great and no any postpartum anything yeah I mean but I was prepared this time I was seeing a therapist that specialized okay. in postpartum anxiety and depression okay and so during pregnancy I was like okay I'm starting to feel a certain way and it really was surrounding being afraid that I couldn't be the mom to my first that I've been Mm-hmm. So I started getting anxious about having another and like not giving my first what she needed. Mm-hmm. So I started therapy again. We were fully, we had a plan, like fully prepared. So I felt really supported the second time. Did you eat your placenta? No, but I wanted to. <laughs> let, it, let us take it. So at the hospital, it's I yours. I know. So I <laughs> had the the hospital I made it very known I wanted to take the placenta they wouldn't my husband went out and got a cooler and he's like can we steal it <laughs> like yes. no I, no because it apparently I had to fill out some forms that they didn't tell me about so my husband was like let's steal it it's yours I'm like I don't think I think we can get in trouble <laughs> so I do have my a chunk of my placenta in a tincture and I took all the pills and if I would have had my baby at home, I, you bet your bottom dollar, I would have chopped up a little piece of that placenta, thrown it in a smoothie, and thrown it back. That was my dream. And a whole bunch of my other friends also have home births. We're like a home birth yeah. group. Oh, and none of them will eat their placenta. Like, they all do the they all, they all do the pills. But I'm like, please, I, I I yearned so deeply for this placenta smoothie. But I want them to try it for me and tell me what the experience is. But none of them will do it. Yes. <laughs> so, did your did your second? Did you also nurse her for until she was three? Or yeah. Uh, her was two and a half because she was a gymnast on my boob. And I didn't oh my God. do it anymore. I'm more. starting to do that. Oh, like. And then she's bigger. Like he's 10 yeah. months and he's do- he's just doing like the down dogs, you yeah. know. Um, so but he's not like super heavy. But I I always wanted to breastfeed um, and I didn't really understand the relationship that you develop with breastfeeding. Like it really is so special and sacred and something that I don't think could be replicated nor me in any other way. And I also had a hard time beginning to breastfeed and like I almost gave up so many times. Um, So I understand why one people want to commemorate and keep that and also why they breastfeed for so long i mean aside yet all of the other benefits that come with breastfeeding prolonged breastfeeding but just the thought of him like weaning himself or Mm -hmm. when it does happen it makes me start tearing up so when you when your girl stopped was it like a mutual choice by both of you were you like in a place where you were kind of like I'm kind of done or did they I had gotten pregnant and we were still nursing and it was almost she I don't even remember actually with my first I think it was very weaned like she just stopped and I stopped um but with my second it was I was done but then something weird happened okay I had horrible regret it's I still I was like should I have like 
start it again? Like, should I? I think knowing it's my last and knowing that I won't ever experience that again in my life has a really big impact on me now. Like, I still think about it. It's really bad. <laughs> no. So I just not ever knowing that I'll never do that again is really hard for me. So because I feel like I kind of cut it short with her because I just couldn't anymore. All she wanted to do was grab my boobs at night and like tweak my nipple. And like, I just couldn't do it anymore. Flame you. So I was like done. And then like, I guess maybe three months later, I'm like, oh, I wonder if I could relactate. Like, can I do this? <laughs> can you? Did you research yeah. it? Can so, you can? Yes. I actually, a friend of a friend wanted a baby so bad that she started lactating she was having a hard time with fertility uh-huh and she wanted a baby so bad she started lactating and then i know of another mom who's an adoptive mom and she was able to lactate you pump and pump and pump sometimes doctors can give you like a hormone pill to like help you lactate but you can do it it's hard to do but you can do it <laughs> man so i if this is too personal, don't answer it. Not just too <laughs> so why do you say that's this was your last? Is that a choice just to have two? Yeah, I think I think my husband's more done. I've always wanted three, but okay. my postpartum, oh. I don't do well postpartum, and I couldn't imagine doing it again. Okay, just with the postpartum depression and anxiety, and I just. I don't know how I give so much credit to women who have more than two babies. Like, I always thought I'd be someone who'd have, like, a huge pile of babies around me. But, yeah, I I can't, I couldn't do it. Plus, at, like, four months postpartum is where I was like, we're never doing this again. So he went and got snipped. Oh. <laughs> okay. And, like, four and eight is the best age. We're, like, at, like, perfect. Yeah. I'm so glad you said that because I'm so passionate about this because so many moms are so negative about motherhood, but I'm so oh, yeah. lucky to be surrounded by women who all of my friends, like, we try to describe my friend group to you. We have like five girls mm -hmm. and then all of our husbands are friends. So we're all friends. And it's it was kind of like popcorn with us all getting pregnant for the first time. So then we had one, two, three, four, five, because there's twins. And then all the girls except for me got pregnant at the same time. So they've been having babies three or due this month. Um, and then we just had two. Oh, my God. Um, two on that side, May, May to, late May to June. So now I'm surrounded by all these other newborns. Yeah. And I'm just... They've always said, all of them, like, it's so much fun and it just keeps getting better. Like, like mm -hmm. I would be holding a Hawthorne, he'd be a newborn or he'd be smiling for the first time. And I'm like, this is the sweetest. I'm I'm, yeah. I'm so in love with this. And my friend Ashley would just be like, can you believe it just keeps getting better? Oh. And, and, you know, there are so many other moms that are like, just wait until, you know, the just wait moms. Oh. Yeah, and completely will taint your experience of motherhood. I strongly believe that my experience of motherhood has been so positive because I've been surrounded by such amazing women who love motherhood. Oh, All yeah. of this to say, thank you for saying that they're at the best ages because I feel like it just does keep getting better and like they can interact with you and they're forming their own opinions and they have a personalities and they're like, questioning things and that must be so cool to watch and of course there are challenges but I mean they're little people with personalities and thoughts like that's so cool oh. okay so four and eight and do they like each other I'm an old yeah, daughter. so uh, they definitely fight a lot <laughs> because they yeah. both have super strong personalities um but like this morning they all they're way early risers and my husband are, and I are not and I came out and they were snuggling on the couch together and like it's like little moments like that where I'm like oh, I always wanted a sister and the fact that I was able to give my children sisters 
is like the best thing. And I always say to them, you're going to be best friends someday. Yeah. You know, and they, they love each other and they do get along. And it's cool to see the independence. Wait, can you tell me about living at a boarding school really quick? Yeah. it's It sounds like a TV show. It's super cool. <laughs> okay. It's like a really cool life. So the boarding school we live at is an all-boys boarding school. Okay. And it looks like Harry Potter. I would imagine. I've never read the Harry Potter books. I'm waiting until my daughter's older so we could... I know. I know. I'm probably... So you're going to go through it together. That's going to be magical. Yep. Everyone said, you have to read it. And I'm like, well, I'll wait until I feel like we can read them together. Okay. So anyway, like our refectory, we call it. It's a cafeteria, basically. But it looks like you're stepping into the hall where harry potter is it's really cool um so we are dorm parents we have a house attached to a dorm um it's really interesting (laughs) we're a big hockey school so our dog's name is puck (laughs) and um you'd think high school boys would be kind of like little shits you know and i i feel so differently now like i have two little girls okay right christmas the boys knock on the door and they're like, come out into the hall. They set up a Christmas tree. They pulled their money together and went to Walmart and bought a bunch of toys for the girls for Christmas. And apparently they went in like a group and found a mom. And was like, what will I do? <laughs> like, what, would, what would a four-year-old and eight-year-old girl like? <laughs> she like showed them and they picked it. It was so cute. You know, they, they are the, I taught high school seniors for a while, for a couple of years and it always, everyone was always so scared when I told them that, but the boys are very, very, yeah, oh yeah. Especially in an all boys school when they don't have to like in front of girls, I feel like they feel safer to let that side out. A hundred percent. And it's, it's just really cool to see their softies, their big softies. And there's a misconception with boarding school, oh, like the rich kids and blah, blah, blah. And like, honestly, mostly my experience with the students has been absolutely wonderful. So that's so great. (laughs) So you had your girls and then you were like, I can't go back to work. You just didn't want. Yeah. You wanted to be at home. With my first, we owned our own house. I was actually the breadwinner. I had to go back to work after I had my first. I was very lucky to be home for five months with her. Oh, um, I was devastated leaving her. Absolutely devastated. So about a month after I went back to work, my husband had a prior relationship with this school, but he actually got hired as a teacher. And I was like, we're moving on campus. I'm selling the house. I'm quitting my job. Like this job of his has afforded me to live my dream, basically. So I'm so lucky to be able to be a stay-at-home mom because we wouldn't have been able to afford it you know oh I know but anyway so yeah my my um my little one is going to kindergarten and I was I can't go sit at a desk and being at a boarding school a spouse it is so hard to have a normal job as a spouse because their job is 24 7 and really your husband oh yeah like he has Yep, he has to check the boys at like eleven o'clock at night. Like their schedules can change that morning. Like it's really difficult to have a normal job as a spouse when you have kids there because I would have absolutely no help. Yeah. And he would have never seen them. So it was nice during the day he could pop in and see the the kids and stuff like that. So anyway, yeah. I personally feel like I can't go sit at a desk again. And I'm lucky enough that I don't have to. I know a lot of women, you know, have to make the choice to have money for their family. Yeah. Um. So I was like, I got to figure something out. I got to figure it out. Um. And I, yeah, I just said to my husband, I wish I could just be an artist and sell things and make breast milk jewelry or something. And he's like, do it. I'm like, I love oh, it. He was so surprised. Okay. Okay, so walk me through that whole process. So I was like, I, what the hell am I doing? So, <laughs> well, of course, I, I would think the same thing. <laughs> so I'm like on YouTube watching all these tutorials. And then there's actually a really wonderful woman um, in the UK. 
And I think her website is Tree of Opals, but she's a really experienced breast milk um, jewelry person. And I followed her a lot. She has like online classes you can take and things like that. So I did that. And then I just started practicing. Like I just started buying like super inexpensive settings off of Amazon that uh-huh. I could practice on. Okay. And I was like, well, thank God I'm not charging people for this right now because it was so much trial and error. Yeah. So many things I I needed to figure out. And then one day I was like, okay, I think I'm ready. I had friends that gave me their breast milk so I could practice and I felt ready. And so how long oh, was started. that trial and how long until you felt confident? I'd say about a year. I think that's and really important. important. Not a lot of people. Yeah. Not a lot of people what? Well, not a lot of people n- knew what I was doing. Like, all of a sudden I have this business and a lot of my friends are like, where did this come from? Yeah. <laughs> like, well, I not tell anyone. <laughs> I think it's really important to say that it took a year of trial and error because there are, I mean a lot of people who want to start their own businesses and beat themselves up if they don't, you know, produce or get where they want to in a short amount of time. And I think it's so encouraging to me included that it does take a lot of behind the scenes work and failure and getting back up before I can have something successful. And I think that we need to have more transparency around that. So you felt successful. You felt like you got it down. Yeah, launched your Instagram and website. Yep, and it's and been then, amazing. Ugh. Like I have met the coolest people. Just like a lot of like-minded moms. Like obviously, you have to be pretty like-minded with me to send your placenta to me, or like you know what I mean. Yeah, <laughs> but um, it's been really, really, really cool. I've met. I'm actually kind of introverted in person. I have okay. a bit of anxiety. So this has given me such a wonderful outlet to meet other moms and and talk about things that you normally wouldn't talk about, I guess. Yeah. So it's just been a really awesome journey. So and it kind of took off. Yeah. When did the remains come? So in? actually, my first real commissioned piece was a cremation piece. Okay. And I it's a really weird story too. And so I had never practiced with. No, I was. I did. I I practiced okay. with my grandmother's dog's ashes. I made her okay. some things. Okay. Um, okay. The ashes and, and I practiced a lot with like sand and stuff when I was hurting. Yeah. Um. So, tell me the whole story. Okay. So I, I'll try to make it short. I, I'm. A no, little... don't make it short. <laughs> so I posted on a wedding facebook page with like two hundred thousand people in it just looking because i wanted to add some beautiful pieces to my new website but i don't have i didn't have the money to buy all these expensive settings to practice with to put them on the website so what i do a lot is i offer testers and so they only pay for my supplies and then i'm able to test the setting see if i want to use it Plus, they helped me pay for the supplies for it. So they get a huge discount, and I'm able to put this on my website. Anyway, I had posted this in a wedding um, Facebook page because a lot of brides and grooms like to have someone with them during their wedding. Like, the one of the girls, her dad passed away right before her wedding, and she was devastated that he couldn't walk her down the aisle. So I made her a ring with his ashes in it so she could have him with her when she walked down the aisle and then a little pendant to put in her bouquet of his ashes. So that's why I posted in the wedding website just saying, you know, this is what I have. So this girl contacts me and she's like, oh, my mom just passed away. It's been devastating. Can you make something for us? And long story short, my cousin's her cousin. Because she's like, oh, I just found your Facebook page. You know, how do you know so-and-so? I'm like, oh, that's my cousin. She's like, wait, what? That's my cousin. I'm like, what? And then we started talking and her mom who had passed away, my mom had sent me her obituary that a few months before. I was like, wait a minute. my like, you know, the weirdest. Yeah, it was such a weird thing. And I cannot tell you how many things like that have happened, especially with the cremation stuff. 
like I truly think some people like their person brought them to me mm-hmm. and I know I'm like a little woo woo like I whatever but I really there's some times where I feel like a very strong connection so, so what are you were telling me that you have some spooky stories yeah it's stuff like that where I feel like I'll dream about them a lot um there was one I received the ashes and I opened the package and it was just the most amazing floral scent that came out it was like this um like like the best floral candle you've ever smelled and so I said to her I'm like oh man like did you put something in the package it smelled so good and she's like no that's weird and so she called me like two days later and she goes, this is really weird. But when he was in the hospital, he was really self-conscious of like, you know, the smells in the hospital and stuff. So he would always, they would joke, he would have her spray this like Febreze stuff to make it smell pretty in there. And he'd say, it's like the best smelling candle in here. And so she called me back and she's like, oh my goodness. She's like, it dawned on me. And she's like, maybe something with that. I don't know. Because she's like, there's nothing. There was, I didn't do anything to the package. So, you know, cool stories like that. That's so special. Or like if I'm working with a deceased person's hair in it. Uh Sometimes a lot of the time it's particularly the deceased people's hair that I'm working with that it just won't cooperate. (laughs) Like I can't get it in the place I want. And sometimes I'm like, you know what? I think they just want me to put it there. Oh. Yeah. So I'm like, I think I'm just going to let them tell me where to put it because clearly this is not working. Oh, I think that's so cool that you have that mindset that you're kind of like building this this piece, not just for the customer, but in relationship with the person. Well, right. So I ask my clients, of course, I love the breast milk stuff. And I always ask for their journey, either a letter and pictures I really like connecting, but it's the cremation ones and the memorial pieces that I cry a lot in this job. (laughs) Why, you know, so great for you. Crying is, I just love it. I know. It's a good release. Very good. And you're remembering the person and making them feel loved and putting that out in the universe still. Yeah. So, (laughs) so what would you say that you have like a particular story or piece that was like, extra special for you so actually one that I just recently did and I don't know if we need to do kind of like a trigger warning kind of I was I was feeling like this might be that yeah I don't know how you feel about kind of triggery stuff okay so I'll just say trigger warning around like in uh, the pregnancy losses and yes yes okay and so I do a lot that has to do with that um, those are uh, specifically very hard. Um, a lot of, you know, stillborn babies and things like that, that it's hard when your baby just feels kind of taken away from you and you don't really have a piece of them anymore. Um, so luckily there are some wonderful nurses out there that think about that and they'll clip a little piece of hair or stuff like that. Um, but my, a very recent piece um, her baby was a premature baby, was in the NICU. Um, they thought he was going to be okay. He, he grew and he was doing okay. And, um, she'd only gotten to hold him five times. And it was just one of those stories where she wrote me this letter and sent me pictures. And so I spoke really closely with her and what she wanted. And this piece came out so beautiful. It was her breast milk marbled with his ashes and then he had the most beautiful little fuzzy reddish blonde hair. And I was able to put it like perfectly in the right side of the ring. And uh, for that, for some reason, I think it was because it was incorporating everything I do. The breast milk piece, but also the cremation piece and the hair. And this mom just had such an amazing light about her when I was talking to her too. So I just really felt her and I felt the baby and... I was in the room with the piece for a really long time. <laughs> My husband's like, what are you doing in there? Like, you said you were just doing one one ring today. I'm like, I know this one's just really, this one's one of those ones that I'm having a little bit of a hard time with. And yeah. 
I want to I want it to be perfect for her. It was the last pieces of his hair, you know. That's a huge weight. People don't think about that with the work I do. I ask that you don't send me what's left of an inclusion, but sometimes that's all they have is like tiny little pieces of something. So that's a huge pressure on me to make it something that they're proud of. Right. When I know it's it's all they have left in the world and I'm holding it in my hand. Yeah. So that 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 one really got me. That's a recent one I did. That's so beautiful. Has she received it? It's actually she'll be receiving it today. Yeah. I can't wait until she sees it. It came out so good. And I do, I do like to send like proof pictures because I want them to see like okay. if they want yeah. to. Some people are like, no, I want to be surprised. But a lot of people are like, yeah, can I see it? Okay. There's been a few where they're like, oh, I thought that color would be a little this. So I'll have to like drill it out and redo it again. <laughs> oh, no. But with this particular mom, I showed it to her and she's like, it's the most rewarding thing. She's like, you completely did my vision. So that's it's just I really like that you develop a relationship with your customers and clients um, because then you can so much better infuse their energy and their vision into it and it's not it doesn't sound like you're just doing this superficial like what kind of setting do you want right. um, what do you what do you want it to look like like you're getting into the story these aren't just jewelry pieces these are emotionally charged historical pieces Mm -hmm. that require not just your emotional energy but the emotional energy behind whatever's going physically into the piece right it's really beautiful that you provide so much space for that so yeah can you walk me through i i have a 10 month old baby i'm still breastfeeding I have a fats freezer supply and I want a ring. What are the steps that we go through together? So you could go to my website. It's holdyourheartkeepsakes.com. But I prefer for you to contact me directly first. This is why it was so hard for me to create my website because I didn't want people just like buying something and then not knowing what's going on or like, can I do this? Can you do this? Can you change the stone in this? Mm Mm-hmm. So as much as I possibly can, I like to tell people to either email me or call me or message me on Facebook or Instagram or something before you buy the piece because often people will talk it out with me and it won't actually be what they were going to buy. So because I can also a lot of times I'd get custom pieces for people. Right. So if I don't have a ring that they're like, eh, there's nothing that I like really want, we'll talk it through and I'll have my jewelry make it for them. So, so yeah, I really prefer people to contact me before buying. Because you prefer the more customization. Yeah. But, okay. So I reached out to you and we talked through a piece and I sent you some inspiration images that I had like found from your website and from um, Pinterest. And you're yep. like, okay, I think we can work with this. Let me let me figure some stuff out. So let's just say you came up with a design and you have the setting and you have the vision. What are my, my next steps? So as so after you purchase, I send an entire shipping policy, explains everything, how you send it. For example, with breast milk, you're going to send me one to three ounces of breast milk. It's going to be shipped while it's frozen. But only so it has less time to leak. It doesn't have to be fresh milk. Um, And then you ship it to me directly. And as soon as I get the package, I'll contact you. And then we go through the whole process. But I, I specifically tell people it doesn't have to be fresh. That's not why I'm asking for it to be frozen. I've worked with very spoiled milk. I can do that. I've worked with milk that was in a freezer for 17 years that someone saved and couldn't get rid of it. And then they shot up. Yeah. They're like, oh, my God, this is the reason why I've been saving this milk. I didn't know why, but <laughs> okay. like they couldn't get rid of their last little bit of milk that they had, you know, so they yeah. found me and they're like, this is how I can save it outside of the freezer. <laughs> okay. So I would send my milk to you frozen. 
Um, I think I saw in two two Ziploc bags. Yeah, so you okay. do it. Sorry, I get so sidetracked so easily. So you send it frozen in double bagged in Ziplocs. Try to kind of like roll it and push the air out of it. And then you go to the post office and get a waterproof bubble mailer. Okay. And if unless you have one at home. And then you send it to me with tracking. But like the least expensive tracking you can do because someone once went and spent like $70 to send the package to me. And I'm like, please don't spend that much money. Like the it should be like no more than $15 at the most. Okay. So I make sure to tell people the cheapest tracking so we can track it and make sure I know where it is. And Okay. So you receive the milk. Mm-hmm. You contact the client. Yep. And then what do you do with the milk? So How do I, you get milk into the jewelry? Right. So I there's a preservation process. So there's two different ways. Um, there's an amazing woman in Pennsylvania that makes homemade preservation powder. And, and you cook it, basically. And then you spread it out on um, a sheet and let it dry. And then I grind it into a powder. Okay. So then it's preserved. And actually, I keep that on file. In case anyone ever needs a repair or if they're like, hey, I really want a necklace to match. I already have the milk to do it. So I save I save all of your milk. So people can be rest assured if you sent me the last ounce of your milk, I still have some that I can make something with if you want. I love that option. Do you only want, what did you say, one to three ounces? Yeah, I really only need like a half of an ounce. But I ask oh, one to okay. three ounces just because in case something happens or if there really was a spill or at least I can like preserve enough that I need. So if you have if you don't have that much and you have less than an ounce to send me and you really want to and don't mind that you're sending me the last bit of your milk, then I'm fine with that. OK, I can work with that. How long does the actual process take for you? So it depends because the settings are each custom made to order. Like I don't have settings on hand. I speak closely with a jeweler for so you can do yellow gold plated, rose gold plated, or some people want it gold filled, which is thicker than plating. Some people want solid gold pieces. So I have the jeweler made to their size. So that could take up to six weeks during a non-busy time. Yeah. And then when I receive the piece, depending how much work I have, it usually takes me about two weeks once I receive the setting to okay. be able to get to it, create it, let it cure, and ship it out. How long does curing take? Um, it depends what kind of resin I'm using, but I like to give a 48-hour period to cure before I ship it just so, to make sure it looks good. So what is the timeline? It's six weeks so we're talking about design six yep. weeks to six to eight weeks i assume to get the piece the setting right you have the milk mm-hmm. about a couple of days to do it and then it's right. ready to be shipped back right so i give right now it's about a six to ten week wait period i give but during fall and around the holidays it could be like a 12 to 16 week wait and that's why i have people mm-hmm start buying start thinking about their holiday gifts if they want to do something like this yeah that's also obsessive like if i get things i i I hate letting the milk and settings sit so there's nights i'm up till like three in the morning because i just want to power through it and get people their pieces i should that hard for you yeah (laughs) well no yes and no because i love doing it and that's all i want to do Okay. And I'm so, so, I love that you're still so on fire and passionate about it. Oh, I love, love doing this. I cannot believe I'm doing this. I can't believe I'm literally living my dream right now. And it's because of all the clients that let me do this. It's amazing. I, I pinch myself. <laughs> like, I can't believe it. <laughs> so with, from what I've gathered with the breast milk jewelry or, um, any type of jewelry that you do. There are a lot of inclusions that you can add. Um, so Ash's breast milk, hair. Uh, you mentioned birth flower. I also saw on your website birth stones yep. you can do. Is there anything else? Yeah. 
really honestly any as long as it's dry I can include it so like the flowers I dry them out before I put them in sand I've done oh you know what one of my favorites was two of my favorites actually her grandfather had this very special fleece and everybody in the family was like oh it's grandpa's fleece so they saved it and I made a bunch of jewelry for the whole family with little pieces of his fleece in it his fleece shirt it was like a red and black shirt and so I cut little pieces and put that in different jewelry that the whole family wanted a piece for the whole family yeah what's so special and then another actually a friend of mine her dad passed away very suddenly and I took the shirt he was his favorite shirt and the shirt he passed away in so I made her a few necklaces and stuff with that shirt so yeah fabric nails um, nails <laughs> hair placenta umbilical cord um I've made like baby flowers from someone's baby shower I did a baby shower flower ring um yeah you done so- teeth yes can you tell me can how do you work with people one i want people to send me their kids teeth i want to practice so bad because i have so many ideas for the teeth oh okay (laughs) i'll keep that in mind i mean it might be a while (laughs) i'll tell my friend it was a necklace and it was really cool and it was super like that's a tooth (laughs) 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 like i can obviously make it so it's a little more subtle (laughs) yeah but she wanted that molar right smack dab in the middle of her chest. <laughs> That's what I did. <laughs> That's so funny. What are your other ideas for teeth? Just for like my own uh, like, selfish curiosity. If they're okay with it, I'd love to like grind some teeth up and make them like seashells. And make like, I'm really obsessed with making pieces that have to do with the ocean. Um, so I would love to grind them up and make them look like seashells on the bottom with like sand. And then with resin to make it look like if they have breast milk too i can make the breast milk look like the ocean on top of it so i would love i know it's hard oh. to picture but i would love that i actually on my instagram was asking for someone to let me make a cremation piece like that i was like I, i'll do it for free i just want to do it so yeah like, okay yeah so um are there any misconceptions people have about breast milk jewelry yeah, I've had a lot of like, oh, that's gross. Oh, is that going to rot in there? Oh, you know, like, is that going to go bad? But no, because of the preservation process, it it keeps it from ever going bad. And even when I have super um, spoiled milk that I get, it doesn't smell. Like, after I preserve it, it doesn't smell. It doesn't, there's nothing, there's really nothing gross about it. It's not like I'm injecting breast milk into a ring and covering it, you know? like right. I turned the the dried breast milk into a stone. So it's so cool. I can't believe I'm doing this. <laughs> so I feel like you've already answered this, but if you could put it in a nutshell, what is the most rewarding part of this? When people send me letters, there's some people and it's fine. You don't have to share your journey if it's too hard to talk about I completely understand that but I really love when people send me their journey letters when people have passed away they send me the obituary and pictures and things like that um I just that's probably my first favorite part my second favorite part is actually doing the jewelry and creating the vision and all that stuff because I'm you know an artsy fartsy person but and then again when people contact me after like hearing that is exactly what I wanted and I didn't even know it or that's better than I thought it was going to look like that is the best when people tell me that obviously it feeds into my ego but so at the end at the end of all my episodes I like to ask my my guests five random questions some of them are based specifically for you that I've created based on you are you ready yeah um how are what are your feelings about eating ice cream in cold weather? Oh my god, ice cream in cold weather? Who cares? Okay, I love ice cream. I basically I will eat it every day. I would visit my husband's family in Chicago in the winter, and yeah, I mean 
a nice ice cream cone like even if i'm outside and they would look at me like i'm so weird like why did you get that why didn't you get a hot hot chocolate or something but something about something about ice cream in cold weather just makes me feel so giddy inside i love it okay i'm glad you agree what is the funniest boarding school story that you have The funniest ones have to be like when I go out into the dorm. So I bake a lot for the boys in the dorm. I do a lot of like, you know, they must miss their moms. <laughs> so I bring yeah. my dogs at home. So I bring the dogs into the dorm. And I don't think I'm supposed to. But um, but I bake for them a lot. And there's <laughs> one time I had no idea it was around the time all the boys were like showering and stuff. And I like I came into the dorm with the cookies and you just see boys scatter. And they're like, this is all they to pick up. I'm like I will never ever go into the dorm again without telling my husband that I'm going to be in there or like (laughs) was it awkward to interact with them after that or was it just fine no because I'm like a pretty goofy like they know I'm a goofy person so they're like it was kind of funny after do you handle do you like work with the same kids every year are they like coming back every year and staying in the same dorm most of the time we have a really we have the best dorm like we have the kids in our dorm are amazing oh and a lot of boarding school teachers were kind of complain about the dorm and but we have upperclassmen we have we just have the best dorm so yeah a lot of our kids come back every year okay good so you can build relationships yeah um what do you have any fun like home remedies that are your go-to's for any ailments I use ailments but do you know what I love my daughter loves oranges okay so I always save the peels and soak them in vinegar and then put them in a squirt bottle and use that as my cleaner so it it smells like citrus and it's really cheap and easy and I started doing that I'm like oh she really likes oranges and I hate to throw the peels out because they smell so good wow so just like white vinegar Yep, white vinegar and soak the oranges in like mason jars. For and then when it turns like orange, okay, then just put it in a spray bottle and use it. For and it doesn't smell like vinegar. It smells kind of like vinegar, but it also okay. has like that citrusy. It's like better than cleaning with just vinegar, you know. And then it's also better than cleaning with like any yeah. of the toxic, great products that. Yeah. <laughs> Icky. I mean, I love me some bleach in the toilet, but that <laughs> is spraying chemicals all over. Like, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, what is you are currently living in Connecticut. If someone were visiting Connecticut, what is a place that you just they have to go to or visit? Oh, my cottage at the lake. That's where I would take them. No, and we also have like some cool historic places around here. There's Gillette's Castle. It like really looks like a castle. It's amazing. It's right on the Connecticut River. Um, but yeah, I'd say come to my cottage. <laughs> What's well, been happening? Do you have? I feel like do they have wild hydrangeas growing everywhere in Connecticut? Um, not wild hydrangea, but everybody has hydrangeas. I actually just planted two. Oh well, it's, I mean, if even if they're not wild, like I cannot grow them here, and I'm so yeah. jealous. Oh yeah, no, it'd be too hot in Florida, but it's because they like shade too. Well, they like partial sun, but yeah, I have a bunch. So I'm a big, so I have like a ton of rose bushes and hydrangea and a fairy garden. Like our cottage at the lake is like a magical place. Just a dream. <laughs> it sounds yeah. like. Okay. My last question is, can you think of something funny or just something endearing that your daughters have done recently? Because they sound like they're out of, because you said they're out of fun age. Yeah, my, <laughs> yesterday, my four-year-old, she goes, hey, dad, get me some chocolate milk, bro. And I'm like, what? What? I'm like, first of all, you say, please, and where did you get bro from? <laughs> she got it from the dorm boy. I'm <laughs> <And> bro. <laughs> Oh my gosh, what a sweetie. I, that would have taken me by surprise. I would have needed a couple of moments with Lone Desponding. That's great. So tell everyone where we can find you, where we can follow you and stalk you. Okay, so the best place, it's like my portfolio is Instagram at 
hold your heart underscore keepsakes. Um, my Facebook is hold your heart keepsakes LLC. And my website is holdyourheartkeepsakes.com. And if anyone is interested in getting commemorative jewelry for Christmas. Right. Yes. What should they do? So the best way is to email me or message me on Instagram or Facebook. And my email is holdyourheartkeepsakes at gmail.com. I do a discount in July. It's called Christmas in July. The code is Christmas23, and it's 15% off of your entire order. And I do this to encourage you to start thinking about holiday gifts. So um, in the fall, I can't guarantee that it'll get to you by Christmas. So start buying your Christmas presents from me now. Well, it has been a pleasure talking to you. I told you it would be fun. I had fun. I it like fun. Yes. You are. <laughs> I knew it would, I knew it was going to be fun and easy. Thank you so much for joining me this week for this conversation. If you enjoyed this episode or you enjoy the podcast in general, I would love for you to subscribe so you'll never miss out on upcoming episodes featuring other brilliant minds and insightful topics. Also, don't forget to rate and review while you're at it. Your ratings and feedback mean the world to me and help me reach more listeners. So, Misty and loves you. Have the best day ever. Same time next week. Bye.